American football in Finland. The voice in your ears is Perfect Purvis, and welcome to another episode of American Football in Finland. Today, I have a guest co-host with me, uh, Finland's national team head coach and football enthusiast, Tuomas Hekkinen. Tuomas, welcome to the show, man. Uh, Thank you. Good to be on. Yeah, it's always good to have other football minds on so we can kind of, you know, get a balanced view of what's going on in Finland. We're going to jump right into the games. Let's just talk about the games. First game that was on Thursday, we had the Royals, who ended up winning against the Saints 47-32. The game was a little bit closer than what you thought it would be with the Saints having brand new imports, the Royals having less imports than normal. What were your thoughts about it, Tuomas? Uh I followed the game like you know I I didn't see the whole of it but you know I I just kept following it, it was on it was on the computer and uh, and uh, you know like I had to do other things at the same time but uh, but uh, it seemed to me that uh, first of all the Saints uh, have found good new import players so I'm I'm looking for them to you know improve uh, later on the season because the quarterback looks uh, looks like an athlete and so does running back. And uh, and uh, I, I think the game was pretty, you know, it was pretty clear for the Royals. But then the numbers are what they are. So you know, like uh, like uh, I think the Royals won it convincingly. But uh, but uh, the Saints are probably going to be a little better during the next month or two than they've been so far. Yeah, it, for me, it was really surprising that, like you said, like this group of imports seems to be better fit for this type of style that they play. But th- I mean, they yeah. they lost their EU imports. I guess they sent them home or however the hell that situation went. But the one the guy that stuck out that stuck out to me was I'm trying I'm gonna try to say his name right, but I might say it wrong. CJ Okpalopi, I think is how you say his name. Yeah. yeah. Well yeah, he, I guess so. Yeah, he was phenomenal. Like he just instantly made an impact both on the offense and the defensive mm. side, like as a returner. Yeah. Like he was making big plays, and that's what the Saints have been missing pretty much all year. Yeah. And even the quarterback, yeah, yeah even the, the quarterback, Raymond Cotton, he played sparingly. I think that had to do with them getting there like the day before the game. But when he was in, he was good. He he could he had a hell of an arm. He could run with the ball. He's a little bit bigger of a guy, but he's athletic, like you said. And then Munchie Roberts, who played in Division One last year, I mean, he is who he is. He actually led the, the league in tackles this week playing defense, had 10 and mm-hmm. a half tackles. So that was impressive. And he still mm-hmm. had over 100 yards receiving. So the Saints showed a lot of good things considering they lost. I mean, the Royals were the better team, and they showed that again. And I'm being, I've been really impressed with how Tom Swosty has played this year, basically just consistently getting over 100 yards rushing. He almost had 200 in this one. And he's just yeah. really coming into his own this year as one of the best finished running backs and also one of the best running backs in the league. But the Royals looked good. Um, I think they still were trying to figure out the import situation. Mark Millen was playing offense, but he, he looked better than the guy they had earlier, so it's not a drop-off. And I think they'll probably get a few more imports in the next couple of weeks anyways to fill, fill out those spots that they had guys leave. 
Yeah, and it was one of those games where you, when you get a, a new quarterback in the middle of the season and, and he hits his plan, he hits, you know, I guess he had arrived the day before, like you said. So, so uh, what can you expect? It's going to be, a, you know, the first game is going to be a mess. But, uh, but uh, he's, he's definitely an athlete and, you know, it's, it's going to be exciting to see what he's capable of doing. And then for the Royals, I don't know. It's like, like you said, Tom Swaste is having a career year. He's, he's yeah. really running hard, and you know, he's 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 fun to watch. He he really grinds it. But you know, somehow I st- I'm still waiting for the Royals' offense to set up, you know, establish some kind of rhythm because it looks to me that they can, you know, set things up by running the ball hard. But then they, you know, they can't seem to capitalize, you know, after yeah. that, you know, they 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 have miscues. They're dropping footballs. They, you know, the receivers are not running where they're supposed to, I guess, where they're supposed to go and on, on some of the play actions, that kind of thing. So so they need to clean it up in order to be a real contender for the playoffs and that kind of thing. Yeah. I'm, just last thing I'm going to say about that, too, is you're exactly right with the Royals offense. Their running game is doing well, so you would think that it's going to set up the passing game. And even though DeAndre Borrell had a lot of yards in this game against the Saints, the Saints defense kind of just gave it up on defensive side, yep. but their passing game yep. was not as great as it should have been. And that's one thing that, like you said, I'm 100% agreeing. They have to fix that if they want to like be successful and make it to the playoffs or even in the playoffs. But uh, yep. moving on to the, the next game of the weekend, this was a blowout game, but it still was a good game to watch. Helsinki Roosters beat the Porville Butchers fifty-three to twenty. That was a like you know that was one of those games when it started like the Butchers they throw down the field they have one huge play but then they you know just managed to keep the drive alive and then wound up with nothing you know like I guess they died at the two yard line or whatever and uh, and and then you know that was the six and a half minutes and considering that the numbers is outrageous you know towards the end of the game so uh, the roosters got their machine going and then there was you know only one team on the field that was uh i, I was a uh, i was i was maybe a little disappointed you know roosters are strong they're a good team again this year but uh, i was i was expecting more from the from the butchers than they were able to give on that day and then you know even though it's not far away they're traveling team and and it's not the first time that the butchers have not played really strong at velo so so uh you know i guess that's part of the reason, but uh, but uh, I was a little I, I was a little disappointed after the game. I was expecting more of the butchers, even though some of them played hard and they have good athletes and everything. But as it seemed, they did not, you know, execute. I definitely agree with you there. Like the the thing about the butchers in this game was that they it seemed like they didn't have what it takes to like overcome that stigma of oh it's the roosters. Like you said, they got down there into the red zone and weren't able to like finish it off early in the game, and that kind of set the tone, like, oh, it doesn't matter how good the Butchers play in this game. I think that first drive, they drove, what, 75 yards down the field and got no points out of it. Like, that's demoralizing, and that's kind of how they played the game was, we can compete with these guys. They were competing with the Roosters, but eventually, like, when they needed those plays, they just didn't have it. It just seemed that whole, like, big brother mentality. Like, the Butchers have been beaten by the Roosters so much recently that they're just kind of into that. I'm still of a the mindset that, you know, the two most successful Maple League programs are the Butchers and the Roosters. So, the Butchers, I think they need to have that kind of mindset when they play these games. Like, hey, we are the Butchers. And you got to step up and, like, make that a thing. Right now, it seems like the Roosters were in their head. Because before this game, I said it that, 
the Butchers had a chance. And earlier in the game, they did, and they blew it, and then it just got out of hand. But credit to the um, Roosters. You, I mean, we're talking a lot about the Butchers not playing well, but credit to the Roosters. Miro had a, a career game when he threw for almost 300 yards, seven touchdowns, and young Kari yeah. rushed for 200. Two bills, young Kari. That's always good. And obviously all the receivers had hundreds of yards and touchdowns. Uh, they really put on a, a show offensively for the first time this year. So that was good to see uh, the Roosters put up a 50-burger, getting ready for the Wolverines. That's kind of how they need to be playing is at the highest level that they can. Oh, definitely. And then, you know, like uh, like I can't say enough of Kari, Kari Payarin. And he's, a, he's, a young, he's still very young and uh, he's a he's – a, yeah, he's a, he's young. the most promising running back I've seen him. I've seen him a long time. He runs really. I, I mean, like he he's got the skills, he's got the speed, he's got the power. He's a, he's a complete running back already at that age. So uh, he's uh, he's fun to watch. And also, I'm very very happy for Miro because I've seen him. You know, like he's he's had I followed him for obviously for a long time, and he's had uh, you know like uh, like a, a couple of hard years when he was not able to play quarterback and all this and that, and now he's uh, on top of the league. As a national quarterback, so you know, I'm really happy for those guys. Yeah, I'm, I definitely think the Roosters played great, and it's just going to be interesting to see them play this weekend. We'll, we'll yep. get to the third game of the weekend. We had the Helsinki Wolverines um, kind of just dominate the Corpio Steelers, 54 to 21. What are your thoughts on that one? At the end of the day, if you look at the stats, you know, the stats on the uh, scoreboard they don't match. It's like it's like the only yep. thing that I I I, 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 I watched that one real closely because it was a top game of the week, obviously, and I wanted to see where where, where those teams were at, you know, at this point of the season. And you know, it's always hard for a traveling team; they come from far away, and that's also the same for it's, a, it's an advantage for them for somebody somebody to have to travel up there. But uh, it's, it felt to me that they had left something on the bus, you know, exactly, like, like, you know, like, exactly. You know, it, 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 you know, they they didn't really show up, and then. Yep. So I looked at the stats and I'm I'm looking at what they call like explosive plays, like mm-hmm. rushes of more than 12 yards and and uh, or a little more or passes of 18 or more. Mm-hmm. And at one point, you know, the the Wolverines were up uh, eight to two in the in the category, and you just can't handle that. You know, you you give up huge plays, you give up a big field position, and then you know against a team like the Wolverines, they're gonna run away. Yep. So so that's exactly what happened. And then, you know, uh, I, I was impressed by the way the Wolverines' uh, defense, their pass defense especially, how they were able to shut down, you know, uh, the Steelers' offense, you know, for the, for, the, for the first half, all of it. So Peters had pretty much nothing, and he's a good quarterback, and they have a good passing game. But, you know, what they were left, you know, like pretty much, you know, empty-handed yeah. in the first half. And, that's, and definitely, over that time. that's definitely mm-hmm. what I was saying from it. With the Steelers' offense, you know, they're they're predicated on the fact that okay, we run the ball so well that you you have to respect that, and that gives us the advantage in the pass game. And that's yeah. like you said earlier, you're talking about big plays, you know, yeah. uh, explosive plays. You're talking about explosive yeah. plays. That's how the yeah. Steelers work: is they run the ball, run the ball. They'll have two or three big runs, but then they'll have you know four or five big passes. Based off yeah. of the run, the play action yeah. from Seth is what they really like. That's the bread and butter. Is he puts his hands out like it's a run, looks up, and maybe there's a double move. The double move it actually even worked in this game, but the, Tino dropped the ball. 
that's what they were missing in this game. Like, it didn't look like the Corpio Steelers. They went into this game, the same looks that they usually get weren't there, and it seemed like they didn't have anything set up for it. Like, you had situations where they're throwing a fade ball to a guy who's barely, like, he got one step on the defender, and the defender makes a play on the ball. So that play's not there, and they just kept going back to it. And they never got those explosive plays. They had the one long run, and, um, I mean, that was pretty much it. The one long run from Gerard Johnson. And I was still surprised. He still had over 100 yards rushing, but it mostly came from that one long run. He wasn't very efficient or successful in this game, and that's because the Wolverines' defensive line kind of outmatched the the Steelers' offensive line. And that was something that you knew going into the game. But what really, like you said, what really stood out is the Wolverines' defense, their secondary, those cornerbacks, TJ, Terrell Johnson, and Eric Irvin, they locked those receivers down. Um, the biggest, yeah. the biggest matchup that really stood out to me was the fact that Johannes Johannes mm-hmm. almost never got off the jam against Terrell Jackson. Like he almost yeah. got no passes thrown to him, and he rarely was anywhere downfield when he tried to get off the line because TJ was yeah. playing man defense, press man, and a few times yeah. he even ran him out of bounds on the press. Like yeah, true. That was yeah. surprising because he's a he's a good receiver, but I feel like he met his match in this game, and that's what really like proved the deep the difference was that Seth was looking for receivers, but no one was open. Wolverines had them all yeah, clocked. The, the other thing is also that the I, I think Chavari and Charles Ward, uh, I, I think they both create you know some kind of like like you know, they 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 both they're both fast. Yeah. So now it's like you know they are they are vacating the area that they you know that RPO area. It's like it, it seems to me that uh, you know uh, the way Cody had said Cody uh, Zitola had set their defense was like you know he was he was making it hard for Seth Peters to make the right reads or make the right calls you know with his RPO system. Yeah. So you know like not not saying he did anything any, anything wrong, but he they were able to mess up his timing. You know like it's surprisingly okay I'm 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 there no I'm here that kind of speed that they have. True. And you know, like, and, and I guess that's one of the big advantages the Wolverines have right now that they, they they really have a they have a lot of you know like imported skill and you know and, and speed on the defensive side of the ball, and uh, and uh, it's it's a uh, it's a good thing for them. Yeah. Well, the last thing I'm say about it was kind of just going back to what you said at the beginning. We we don't know how to talk about the Wolverines because everybody knows they have a lot of great players. They played really well. Kudos to them. But the, the biggest story was that the Steelers just didn't show up. And yeah. even like Seth, like there was a lot of throws that he made that you're just like, why would he do that? Like he would never do that. Even the, the two times he threw the interceptions, it kind of looked like he just threw it out there. Yeah, And that's not his yeah. game, but that's kind of how he played in this one. And in the second half, the Steelers didn't come out and, and attack or try to play any differently. Like it seemed like the second half they came out and they're like, you know what? We're just gonna wait till we go to Corpio. And they just went yeah. through the motions in that second half. And that I mean, personally, that shit pisses me off. But I know they have their own plan, but it's a football game. You don't just, you know, say, okay, we're done. Um, I was actually in the stand, so I was on the Steelers sideline for most of the game. In the beginning of the game, after everything that went wrong, like in the first quarter, they actually were hanging in the game. They just didn't capitalize on an interception. Mm-hmm. And they dropped mm-hmm. the touchdown pass, so they, it could have been a closer game. And then it kind of got away from them. But after everything that went wrong, they would constantly go to the sideline. You'd hear motivational speeches and, and all the stuff that goes with it. 
but then there were no results on the field. And like you said, it's like they yeah. left something on their bus. And for me, it's disheartening because I said this game was going to be close. I said these are two of the best teams in the league. And then the Steelers went out and laid an egg. And I'm upset about it because that's not the Steelers team that I'm accustomed to seeing. I'm just a little yeah, upset but, about it. Sorry. Well, that's going to be a that's gonna be a great test, you know, like those days. The uh, Wolverines are going to cooperate in, in two weeks, right? Yeah, that, so, that's going to be. So, uh, so I now, now the time between, of course, there's a huge game between, you know, between the Wolverines and the Roosters coming up. But after that, you know, I, I think it comes down to, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to say it straight. It's, it's going to come down to the coaching. It's going to come down to the preparation. It's going to come down to who's going to learn what of the first game. And, you know, it's going to be that game up in Coopia is going to be a great measure for, you know, the, the, the level of uh, level of coaching and the, and the level of ability to uh, prepare and, you know, and, and then execute in the game. So that's going to be a that's going to be a huge game to watch when the Wolverines go up there. Yeah, that's it. That's in a two week period. Wolverines have a tough yeah. schedule. They play the Quopio Steelers at home this week. They have a Thursday game against the Roosters, and then the next yeah. Saturday they're going to Quopio. So for yeah. them, they're playing three three straight weeks of tough football right after the uh, midsummer break. Yeah, true. True. But I, I agree with you 100%. When they go to Quopio, and even after everything I just said about the Steelers, I expect it to be a much closer game in Quopio. Oh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a hell of a game. Steelers sure. Steelers have a great coaching staff. They're I think they're going to adjust like you said, learn from this game and come out with a different plan. I just think they just didn't have it in them in this one. Like they just it just didn't look like the team that we're used to seeing. Yeah. But they'll be, you know, they'll be fine. They're All right, I'm here with Helsinki Roosters, wide receiver, running back, returner, All-American, everything they need for them, Adam Connett. Adam, welcome to the show, man. Thank you for having me. Before we get into the serious questions, first question I want to know is, you've been rocking a Chuck Taylor red tape job on your cleats, (laughs) shoes, whatever you've been wearing. (laughs) Go through the process. How do you make those things? Uh, my trainer in high school taught me how to do it. Um, it's basically like a normal uh, spat, and then you just go a little bit further, and takes a little more effort cutting out the little laces and cutting out the little circles you put on the inside. So, I mean, it's it takes a little more time than a normal spat, but but it's the the swag is phenomenal. Um, I was watching me and my wife watching. I'm like, hold up, is he wearing chuck? Nah, those aren't chucks. That's a tape job. <laughs> But is it a tape job? It's so nice. Like it don't look like a a ba- like you you got skill. I tell you that. Thank you, thank you. Experience yeah. at the tape job and the the circle on the inside, like the true chucks. That that was what really got my attention. Cause I was like, hold up, the circles <laughs> on the inside. Well, he must know what he's doing. He experienced yeah. a spat job. But let's get into the uh, questions, man. You guys play the Wolverines this week. Big game, right? Huge game. Big biggest game of, of this Maple League season so far. So first question I want to ask is your offense. What do you guys need to focus on in this game? What do you guys need to do to be successful against the Wolverines defense? I mean, we just got to focus on what we've been doing all year: is blocking good, getting good runs, and then opening up the pass for Miro to throw the ball. Basically, what we've been doing all year is running, passing, running, passing. That's you just got to stick to what we know. We can't try and do too much and force bad turnovers or anything like that what player or group on the wolverines do you think is their strength for their defensive unit i mean it's kind of hard to pick they have they have so many imports everywhere that Mm -hmm. it's like 
it's it's kind of hard to say like well this is this is a weak spot of their defense because they got a bunch of imports on d-line and linebackers at dbs i'd say that the strongest thing is probably their dbs um i've never played against him but number eight i believe his last name is jackson terrell um, jackson heard, yeah yes I've, I've heard a whole lot about him never played against him looks good on film so i'd probably say he's uh the better player on that defense that is so true you don't hear a lot about his name because he hasn't played in a while but he still got it <laughs> yeah obviously y'all have to feel like you can come away with a win in this game so what matchup do you think is going to be the the deciding factor for you guys, if either you win or lose, depending on a certain matchup? It's not going to come down to the, the skill guys necessarily. It's going to come down to the uh, trenches, uh, O-line, D-line. That'll be the big part of the game because our offense won't be able to work, obviously. We can't get blocking, and our defense won't be able to do anything if they're getting blocked downfield. So it all it all comes down to the trenches i think if you had to pick one thing what what would you consider as an advantage that your offense has against this defense advantage we've got is we've got a really good running back in Cotty. so that's that's someone that we can hang our hat on and a great finish i think probably one of the top european running backs is Cotty. young Cotty, that's for sure you adam connett you've been Put in a lot of different roles this year. You played a little bit of running back before Kari got there, and now you're you're sticking more to receiver and returner now. What do you individually need to do to make sure that the Roosters play the best game they can this weekend? I mean, basically just go wherever the Roosters want me at. If they want me just playing receiver and making plays there, then I got to do that. I got to be better on the return game, obviously. So just whatever the team wants me to do, I'll do for them. Okay, this is a little extra bonus question. Um, All right. What do you think about their their offense? It's <laughs> a high powered offense. I mean, I mean, look at all the imports they have. Uh, I I would I would be pretty disappointed if it wasn't a high powered offense. They got imports everywhere. I mean, the whole team. I mean, everyone's so shocked that they're undefeated and stuff. Well, they got a lot of imports, a lot of dual passport guys. So. Obviously, uh, like you said, they have a lot of pass um, imports. Their offense is high-powered. Um, you can't say an exact one, obviously, but do you think this is going to be like a high-scoring game, a back-and-forth battle, or do you think it's going to be more about who can score just enough points? I'm, I'm, not, I'm really not sure. I mean, I think weather might play a part in it. If it's, if it's a rainy – I mean, we got a crazy rainy day today. We get that on Thursday. It could uh, shape how the scores are going to be because there won't be as much passing around mm-hmm. and easy catches. Um, it it could be that both teams just come out and just start putting up points like crazy. So I mean, I'm I'm not exactly sure. It kind of depends on what team shows up for both of us. Mm, that totally makes sense. Well, Adam Connett, we appreciate you coming on the podcast. As usual, it's always great interviewing you, and wish you and the Roosters best of luck this weekend. Thank you very much. Cheers to the freaking weekend. Uh, Maple League teams are back in action on Thursday with the Wolverines versus Roosters. And then the Royals play the Crocs on Friday and the Saints and the Butchers play on Saturday. Uh, Before we even talk about these games, uh, later we'll have the Pick'em come up. Right now for the Pick'em, everybody is tied at 12-3. and And I'm in last because I'm 11 and four. So all the picks are like right. really close. Like we've we've all pretty much picked the same one except for a few times. I think the Swami yep. picked a different team the first week, and then me and Swami picked a different team 
the week before last, something like that. All right. But those picks can be found on uh, the Podium's Facebook page, Perfect Purpose Facebook page, and the Perfect Purpose website. So with this weekend coming up, Coach, what are some things that you're excited to see in this weekend of games? Well, first of all, the uh, the Wolverines Roosters game is going to be huge. That's a that's a that's a great matchup on on Thursday, and uh, really looking forward to seeing that one. So so uh, I guess we'll talk about it a little more. But I think uh, uh, for the other two games, even though it, they you know like quite frankly they they're not at the same level as the first one is, but uh, but it's a it's a crucial game for the Royals when they go up against the Crocodiles. They they need to you know they really need to try to win that one. And then uh, I guess the, the Saturday game is the uh, same story for both teams. They they both need to you know turn their turn their season around right now, in order to you know uh, have a respectful year. So uh, so they, there's a there's a lot at stake. I, I would even say that there's more at stake with the Royals Crocodiles game and the Saints Butchers game because the Wolverines and the Roosters you know they both look like you know either look like playoff teams right now. It's just a matter of who's going to take the points at this this point of the season, and it, that, that makes it huge. The Royals are two and three, and the Crocodiles are two and two. So you know the winner of that game is most likely going to be in like fourth place. While you have the Butchers, the Butchers have one win, and the Saints have zero. So if the Saints win that game, now you're looking at a a change there. So you're right; like these are all really close games. You got the first and second place team because the Roosters are three and one, and the Wolverines are four and zero. So if the Roosters win that game. The Wolverines will drop to second. Roosters will go to first. Steelers are still yeah. being third. Like, yeah. lots of huge games going on. I'm excited, obviously, about the Wolverines and Roosters because they, they yeah. play on July 4th, which is a holiday where I'm from, you know, Independence Day for the USA. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So that'll be fun to kind of see. I mean, the Wolverines have a lot of Americans. So it'll be great to see a lot of Americans playing on you know, the American holiday. But yeah. I, I definitely think that the games will be really good this week. What what I'm interested with the Wolverines and Roosters game is, with the, the biggest question that everybody always has when you play the Wolverines is, how do you stop their offense? And I'm going to ask you, Coach, because, I mean, you're coach-minded and um, you're defensive-minded, if I'm not mistaken, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so give me give me your idea of what the Roosters would have to do on defense to stop Rojo and his offense. Well, it's like Robert's offense is like like it's a, it's very simple, but it's deadly effective. So uh, you know everybody knows you know the combinations and the concepts that they run. They like you know the basic air raid stuff that uh, you know that uh, that's been around for a long time already. And Kalle Karpinen of the Roosters, he knows exactly inside out. He knows what's going to happen. Yeah, it's, it's it's not just that you know what's going to happen. You need to stop it too. And I I think uh, I think there's probably I would say two things. First of all, the Roosters have the fastest D line again, again in the in the league. Like you know they have they have people who have you know, who are fast who can get to the quarterback. So they can probably limit Robert's time. You know, like to a certain amount. And then also is that the uh, I think. That they are, they, they are so damn disciplined in everything they do. So they're gonna be, uh, they're gonna be in the right positions, and they're gonna know their assignments. It's just a, you know, matter of trying to execute. And with that said, it's like, you know, I, I would try to look for anything that will reveal 
that uh, you know, like, is there something you can do about uh, Robert's passing rhythm? Is there something that uh, um, William Young, when he runs the ball, is is, there, is that does he have preferences, like you know, where he where he wants to cut, when he wants to cut, or jump to the outside, and you know, like you know, look into the players more than the schemes, because everybody yeah. everybody, you know, everybody knows the schemes. So look into the players, the look players. into that, you know what they. What, what kind of uh, pre-snap looks you can get, what kind of pre-snap reads you can get. Are there certain tendencies that, uh, is there is there a certain time when, you know, when the quarterback is looking at a certain receiver every time and all this and that, I and, and all these cues are there. But then again, it, it's a different thing to know them than to do, be able to do something about it. So, but that's going to be a very interesting to see how color will line up his defense. Cause you know, like quite frankly, it's like, like uh, the, the weaponry, the weapons that the Wolverines have are just, you know, almost unfair. And yeah. it's like, you know, you you need to you need to, you know, really scheme it perfectly in order to keep the keep the Wolverines at any kind of reasonable ball point, you know, like say under thirty or whatever. So so uh, that's going to be uh, very interesting to see how how Kalikarpin and, and the Roosters defense how they how they go to fare it. I agree hundred percent. That's what I think. Like you have to play the players for the Wolverines, not the scheme. The scheme is simple. I mean, for the first three weeks of the, the season, they only ran like four plays and yep. still were putting up like 40 points a game. So it's, yep. yeah, it's not the scheme that is the, the worrisome. It's the players and how do you play them. The Roosters are uniquely qualified to play against this offense on the uh, defensive mm-hmm. side. What about the, the Roosters offense versus the Wolverines defense? You saw it in the last game. Wolverines defense has a lot of speed. And you can't really yeah. just simulate that for the Roosters. Yeah, well, it's like it's different speed. I think I think uh, you know, like uh, I'm, I'm sure that uh, the Roosters defense can, you know, in practice, that they can give a they can give a pretty good look, you know, of what the Wolverines defense is, you know, like just by just by you know being precise about everything. But but uh, um, I think lines play is huge here. Uh, the Roosters O line has been playing really well. I think yeah. they they they're blocking. You know they know what they're doing and they and they execute. You know they, it was beautiful to watch when or you know where they ran their counters and all this stuff. You know in the, the last game and now Curry is becoming a you know a major player in the league. So so uh, they should they should you know really try to establish their run. I I I could see them doing well with anything that has a pin and pull in it. You know it, it seems mm-hmm. to me that the uh, that the uh, the counters the traps the three leads whatever they are. So you know, like I, that's going to be huge for the Roosters, and then also what they can what, what they can create out of that, you know, that uh, bring bring the linebackers real closer than they would like to be, and you know, like try to try to use the fact that maybe you know, I, I don't know for sure, but I expect the Wolverines to start the same way they did that the that the, you know, like you need to get to the safeties, you need to get your receivers challenged to the safeties. And uh, you know, try to make your money up the middle of the field because you know, I I think the outsides are going to be pretty locked. I They're think that's the that's that. the hardest yeah. part yeah. is look at look at the the quarterbacks that they're playing against. Like you got you got Jonathan Baker for the Crocs, you got Seth Peters for the Steelers, and now you got Miro Cadmary. These are all guys who are you know five ten at at most, <laughs> like the shorter yeah. guys. They usually have trouble getting the ball into the middle of the field for those middle routes because they can't see over the linemen. Yep. yep. And this last game, you'll see. I mean, the last game the Wolverines played against the Steelers, you saw like Seth constantly was looking outside, even though his guys yep. weren't open, but he couldn't see anything yep. in the middle. And I think Miro might have the same situation 
going against this defensive line where they like to bring pressure up the middle as well. They like to double a gap with their um, linebackers at times. Yeah. It, it, I think the slots is where the money is going to be made. And like you said, like you want to get it upfield up the middle. I'm a little concerned with how they're going to get Miro to get it there. If he has to like get outside the pocket to see it. I haven't seen a, a mm-hmm. lot of teams do any type of rollout with their quarterbacks yet. I've only seen the um, yeah. I've only seen the Royals have any type of rollout package, and that's off of yeah. play action. But I yeah. think I think if the if the Roosters were to get Miro on the move and kind of move that uh, secondary for the for the Wolverines, he'd be able to find that middle area a little bit easier. But I don't know if they're going to do that. I, I haven't seen anything like that yet from them. Yeah, and then also Miro is uh, Miro is pretty he's pretty swifty. He's, he's, he he runs fast. It's like you know his own run is a weapon too. Yeah. And uh, and what what he's done this year, what I've been you know like particularly impressed about is that the uh, he's been stepping up up the pocket and uh, and and right right until the last moment he's been looking for an open receiver. Yes, he has. And he has completed passes out of those situations. So you know he's been uh, he, he's been very confident, you know, and, and with what he's done. And then you know, like he's been successful too. So and then obviously Adam Cornett is somebody they're going to move around again. I'm sure they'll probably not, you know, let you know let somebody to block on, you know, and have him wide out. He's probably being a slot. He could be all over the field. So so uh, that's a huge key for the game. Also, is for them to be able to you know use him. He's a, he's, a, he's a great player, so he needs to be made into a weapon in the game. It's going it's to be so interesting. This last thing I'm saying, then we're going to get out of here. It's going to be so interesting to watch this, the matchups on both sides. For me personally, at the skill position, I, yep. I'm interested to see how the, the Roosters receivers go against the Wolverines secondary and then vice versa. I mean, the, the Roosters yeah. have one of the best secondaries in the country. And most, and that's what an all finished secondary. I think. Yep. The, I think your whole national team is back there, if I'm not mistaken. Almost. Yeah. yeah so. Much. Yeah, yeah, and so they're going up against a lot of like you know Americans that they're going up against. So that's a challenge for them. You know, someone that should be playing at a higher level than the national team players. So mm-hmm. just seeing them play at such a high level on both sides, it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be really fun to watch. But I do think both teams have the receiving cores that might get in a couple of wins to make it a high-scoring game. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. I want to see points, damn it. <laughs> yes, but, you know, like it's almost guaranteed that, you know, like uh, like the winner is going to score a lot of points in that game. You know, yeah. I, I I don't see a 17-14 here, you know, no way. No, no way. So, Someone scored at least 30. Unless it's raining like crazy or whatever, like, you know, weather could be a factor. I, I haven't checked the forecast, but, you know, obviously, you know, if it rains, cats and dogs, then it's different. But you know, but on a, on a good day, on a on a good sunny day, you know, there's gonna be there's gonna be points on the board, that's for sure. Yeah, everybody's excited for this weekend, the, the Helsinki Derby, uh, even the other two matchups that are both for jogging position in the rankings right now. Uh, Coach Tuomas, appreciate you coming on the show. It's always good to have you, man. We're gonna try to have you on here a little bit more as we have a few more episodes going for the rest of the season. Uh, anything you want to say before we get up out of here? Uh, I just, you know, like, like, uh, I just hope that you know a lot of people would come to the actual game to watch it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, like, uh, like, uh, like you said, it's Fourth uh, of July and it's American football and whatever. So, so it's like, you know, I, I, if it's a good day, you know, like it's 
fun to watch football on TV, and uh, and uh, sometimes you can't make it to the games. But uh, but American football is uh, best entertainment when you see it live at the at the actual game. So so hopefully there's a lot of people watching this game and the other two games too. Yep. All right, so a little change of direction this week. Uh, Coach Q has landed in Finland. Welcome to Finland, Coach Q. Hey, well, thank you for having me back. <laughs> Feels good, T-I-F. Mm-hmm. In, in, in reality now, guys, he's in Finland. So um, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the big game of the weekend, Helsinki Wolverines versus Helsinki Roosters. Let's just get into the matchups because that's what it's really about. Like it's kind of you know, not a David and Goliath type thing, more like a Goliath versus Goliath. So first things first, let's let's talk let's talk Rojo man. Rojo gotcha. running his offense. What do you think about his offense versus the Roosters? Um, I think it's it's more explosive right now. Um, a lot of times it doesn't look in sync. Um, but they just have so many athletes and so many playmakers on the team that they can they can hit they can hit you for the bomb at any time. Um, when Rojo's in that in that in that mode of spreading the ball around, I don't think anybody can stop their offense. But um, we've seen times where they you know couldn't finish drives, and it just seems like they're just playing catch pretty much. Like all right, I'm I'm going to you, I'm going to you. Um, and I think sometimes you need a little more consistency as far as uh, maintaining drives, you know, 12, 13 play drives. Um, unfortunately for them, you know, usually if they if they run 12 plays uh, out of those 12, it's probably four touchdowns or something. So um, Rojo, you know, he's doing his thing. I mean, we I don't think we've seen his offense at its best yet, even though they put up points, um, you know, pretty much every game. I still don't think we've seen like the best they can do. Um, so it'll be exciting to see, you know, how, how they come out against the Roosters. I'll, I'll say the same thing I said earlier in the season is that I don't think we're ever going to see their best because mm-hmm. they have a tendency to when If they get ahead, they like to experiment with doing other things. You saw in the game where Rojo went in at receiver. It mm-hmm. was unnecessary. It wasn't needed, but it's what they did. And then there's times where early in the game they'll put Jabari in at quarterback and they run a totally different offense. And it's not always needed, but that's what they do when they get ahead in games is they kind of take their foot off the gas and start doing other things without actually, you know, executing as high to the high efficiency that they can. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like if we're playing a team and they're letting us score, then we're going to start doing other things. Instead of working on, you know, making sure that you're better at what you want to get better at and you're developing throughout the season. I mean, this this offense is, it's the best offense probably in Europe just because it's in Finland and they have these type players on the same side of the field and they, they never really reach full potential. And just, I mean, we're not trying to bash the Wolverines. I mean, we both agree they're probably the best team in the league, but playing against the Roosters, this is one of them games where you don't want to let the Roosters hang around. We've seen against the Crocodiles and we've seen against the Steelers, the Wolverines come out, play okay early, but not great. And then the other team give them chances to get it going. Like you said, like the offense is a little inconsistent at the beginning of the games. 
And then once they get going, there's no stopping them. That shit don't work against the Roosters. Mm. You can't, you can, you cannot let the Roosters hang in the game. Like even the game they lost to the Steelers, you saw that the Steelers had them beat by more than three touchdowns at one point in that game, and then they came back and were down by two. Like that's mm-hmm. the Roosters for you. You can't do that. So I mean, obviously, I still think the Wolverines have the better, you know, team, the better talent. But if if Rojo's offense doesn't you know, click and stay clicking consistently. The the Roosters are the type of team that can say, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna give you a run for your money. And yeah. I think that Ro, Rojo's offense versus the Roosters defense, the offense should murder that defense. It really should. But I, I think it's gonna come down more to how Kyle Carpen and the defensive coordinator for the Roosters, how he how he schemes against Rojo's offense. And I think that uh, Kyle is a smart guy, and he'll play it the right way. And mm-hmm. I actually asked Coach uh, Tuomas this earlier, so I'm going to ask you too, because this this is the, the biggest question in the league this year, is how do you stop the Wolverines' offense? So, Q, what is your what is your idea of how you would stop the Wolverines' offense if you were the Roosters? Oh, man. Um, I'll say you, you have to take, I mean, at least uh, one or two of their receivers out of the game. Um, some kind of way to get some turnovers, keep keep Rojo off the field. Um, it's a hard task to do, but it's it's possible. I mean, it's just putting the guys in the right areas um, at the right time. The Roosters, you know, I think they they match up in certain parts uh, uh, of their defense, and then certain parts is disadvantage. I think the disadvantage this game will probably be their safeties trying to guard, um, you know, RJ, uh, whoever else they put in the slot, Mark Siskin, and like. I think that's going to be the major task on both sides of the ball, actually, for even for the Wolverines to match up with their slot receivers. So I think that's that's going to be a big part of this game is to who can match up and who can create some turnovers. Well, that's actually leading me to what I was going to ask now. Like flipping the side, you have the Roosters defense. Uh, I mean, for the for the Wolverines offense, I, it was easy. I just said Rojo's offense. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, he's the guy. He does everything. He controls it. Comes up to scheme everything. The Roosters' offense, you know, obviously Miko Kwekalai and then the head coach is calling the plays, but they've shown different ways to be effective this year. Before mm-hmm. the Maple League, Adam Carnett was the guy. He was playing running back. He was playing receiver. He was taking kickoffs to the house. Like, he was the guy. As the season got started, they switched him more back into his receiver role, and young Kari comes on, and you know young Kari is that dude. And he's been mm-hmm. killing it. And he's he had, what, 200 yards in the last game. And this last game, you saw Miro kind of break out seven touchdown passes. So, and even even Namdi Agude, uh, who I mean early in the season, I wasn't impressed with. But they found a way to utilize his height in the red zone recently. And he's been getting a lot of touches and touchdowns. So, oh, I'm missing. I, I don't want to leave out nobody. Alexander Wassler, Jeff, you know, uh, he's been out there. He's been consistent all season, all year long, being a big play guy for them. And then the young uh, Santu Vekamaki, uh, he's toe-tapping Vekamaki. That's what we yep. call him now, toe-tapper. He's made some big plays here and there as well. So this Roosters team, at this point of the year, it's easy to say that, you know, they're finding their stride. 
And they look exactly. good. They look way better than they did in the first NEFL game. You know, like mm-hmm. this team looks totally different. But with this offense and the way that they're kind of clicking now, everybody's kind of being involved. How do you think they go against the Wolverines defense? What do you think they do to be successful on the offensive side? Um, for the Roosters to be successful, um, it has to start with Kari first. Um, if, if Kari gets, a, if Kari has a big game, a few big runs, if they can't stop the run there, it's gonna it's gonna create some problems for the um, for the Wolverines. Um, that that then opens up Adam in the slot to get some one on ones. Uh, Namdi, he's gonna have his hands full because I'm pretty sure they're probably gonna put TJ on him. So. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm I'm about hundred percent sure TJ is probably gonna take him all the way out of the game. At least that's the plan. Yeah, um that's sense. what I that's what I would do. Um because you, you then you then you have you know you have a matchup situation to where you can move Eric inside or outside as far as playing on the slot and playing on the corner. Um so the Roosters have to have to have to get Kari going, I think, more than anything. If if Kari can't get any run any plays in the run game, then that just makes it harder for Miro. Um, to have to make a lot of plays with his arm. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we want to depend on the Roosters passing first and running second versus this defense. Yeah, that's the the strength of the Wolverines' defense is the defensive backs. So you don't want a team trying to pass on them. You see what the Steelers. <clears throat> you see what happened with the Steelers. They weren't able to run, and. The pass game just it just there was no way it was gonna work and it didn't. I think Seth had a hundred and fifteen, hundred and sixteen yards passing against them guys. Mm-hmm. So in this game, what's what's one of the key matchups that you're looking at on both offense, defense for either team? Um, I, I think the who who O line plays the best. Um, that'll be a big part of it too. Um, because if Rob doesn't have time, then he has to get rid of the ball, you know, a little faster than normal. Which is he's already like a one-two second quarterback, so I don't, yeah. I don't think it'll affect him that much. He's used to it, um, but I think it's the old line. Um, if Miro doesn't have time, Miro's going to do a lot of scrambling, and that's what you don't want to do. I mean, he can run, but you don't want your quarterback out there running that much. Um, if he can, if he can make some some long drives and, and and make some big plays down the field with his arm, then they'll have a chance. But um, whoever old line plays the best, I think will win the game. That makes sense. I think that the the Roosters have a decent O-line. I have no faith whatsoever in the Wolverines O-line, but they have so many dynamic athletes that you don't notice it in these games. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, even looking at, at Will Young, I haven't mentioned him yet, but the way that he runs the football, a lot of times he is actually just out running the defense by himself. Not necessarily going through holes. <laughs> he just he he changes speeds very quickly and direction, and it it is tough to gauge how fast and where he's going and when he's going. He do, he does a lot of advanced movement with setting up his moves and his defenders two or three moves ahead. Like mm-hmm. Will Young is out here playing chess, guys. Everybody else playing checkers. <laughs> like, it is what it is. I don't know if anybody been watching, but. The dude playing chess out here. Damn near three-dimensional chess, goddammit. He, he out here. Uh, he doing I, his thing. Yeah. He, 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 if you watch the, the O-line play from the Wolverines, you would understand that Will Young is one hell of a running back. Oh, yeah. 
because I'm I'm not gonna hold my tongue on this. That O line is horrible, and Rojo makes them look good because, like you said, he gets the ball out quick. I mm-hmm. I think one thing that's gonna be I think a lot of people are gonna miss and not necessarily think about before this game, but I think they'll see it in the game is the special teams. I think the Wolverine special teams is probably their weakness defensively. Not I mean they got returners for days. Yeah. Charles Ward, RJ Long, Will Young, Cedric Johnson, Jabari, Harry, I mean, all of them could be on the field at the same time and sometimes are. And they can they could probably score at any moment on a punt return or a kick return. And that's gonna be big for them because it might be a difference in this type of game. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, Adam Connett is he is who he is. And I feel like what we've seen from the Wolverines is their punt team and their kickoff team, they like to use backups. They like to use their their domestic guys, and that could be problematic because that's when they get beat is on those things. You know, the Crocodiles took that first kickoff to the crib and then averaged like 40 yards a kickoff after that in that game against them. And even in this last game, the Steelers did decently on return games against them because – a lot of times their special teams guys are unsound and unbalanced because they don't really play. They only play mm-hmm. special teams, so they don't have a feel for how somebody runs. Like mm-hmm. Gerard Johnson, if you don't play against Gerard Johnson, you don't know that he can change gears just as well as Will Young, you know? So you take an angle and he breaks it, and that's it. That's one thing they're going to find out playing against Adam Carnett is he, he can break those angles as well. He's a dynamic runner. I really hope the Wolverines don't put their backups out there. And then the other thing on special teams is the extra points, man. Um. <laughs> the Wolverines are they just bleeding points. They could have fifty burger every game if they make all the damn extra points, but yep. they don't. And I mean, we both know Kale. He probably's gonna go after them extra points because that could be the difference if they score six touchdowns and only get two extra points out of it. That's a four point swing. You kick a field goal and you're down by one now instead of being down by seven. Like that—that's the difference. If you're thinking points, guys, that's the difference right there. Is blocking all those extra points and then making them go for two. Actually, you don't want them going for two. You prefer they kick the field goal. <laughs> Shit. But I think uh, the Roosters' uh, kicking game is a little bit more consistent. Actually, Olin can actually kick a thirty or forty yard field goal if he has to. And actually, they got a new kicker. I think. If I'm not mistaken, the Roosters had a new guy kicking. I don't know his name though. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't. I don't remember his name. Um, but I think he's a young kid though. Yeah, yeah, young kid wearing number eleven. I, mm. I can't remember his name, but I think he's actually doing the like field goal, but actually does the punting. That's another thing that they could do well with the Roosters is their punt team is pretty good. They can flip the field if they really have to, and actually yeah. he's done it before. So that's something you got to look out for. I think that's one of those things that the special teams is one of those like underlying things. I still expect to see Charles Ward be important on that. Big shout out to Charles Ward with the uh, punt block touchdown last week. That was nice. I like the team photo, guys. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) He was was coming after them punts because he had missed one before barely, and that next one he got it. So that's something that they could do as well. I don't think it'll be as successful against the Roosters because the Roosters are well coached. Yeah, they so, way more sound. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the Steelers kind of gave it up. But uh, what what else are you interested in? We well, we had about fifteen minutes. This sounds about good. 
But what mm-hmm. what else are you interested in this matchup on the Fourth of July, man? Uh, I, I think it's it's the history, just the Helsinki Derby history. Yeah. Um, two organizations that at at one point were always battling. Wolverines a younger team as far as the Maple League, but they came, you know, they're they're looked at. Well, the the norm for the Wolverines is winning. Yeah. And um, I think this is a reminder. This season has been like a reminder to all the Wolverines players, the old players, the, the fans, even the Roosters fans of what those games were like, you know, around the time when I first came to Finland, um, 2009, 2010. You know, Wolverines and Roosters have a long history now of uh, having close games, having intense games. And um, I think these guys have just been looking forward to, you know, playing against each other. I think it's a test for both of them. Um, more or less the a test for the Wolverines um, because we know the Roosters, you know, they're never out of any game, you know what I mean? So we've, we've seen them being bent and tested and they, and they came through. Now it's time to see if the Wolverines are as disciplined um, as they need to be. And if they get into a close game or if they get down, can they come back up, you know, and put points on the board? So I think it'll be, a, you know, it's the Fourth of July. I think it's a, you know, it's American football. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like, I think it's the epitome of a, of a, of a football game this weekend. Yeah, that's for sure. I'm trying to uh, look it up, and I, I probably won't be able to find it in time. But if, if I'm just not mistaken, if I'm just, I'm trying to not be mistaken, but I could be. Uh, in the last, like, I want to say, like, 15 years. The only team besides the Butchers and Roosters to win the Maple Bowl is the uh, Helsinki Wolverines, right? Yeah, they yeah. they won that that one year. I mean, and that was after the Butchers had been on a, a tear, I think, and before yeah. the Roosters started their streak that they're on now. I mean, the mm-hmm. Roosters and the Butchers are the, are the most winning organizations, but the Wolverines are young compared. They started in what the 94 or 95 season something mm-hmm. like that and since then they've been successful like they they they're a team that's less than 30 years old and they've been successful almost the entire time mm-hmm. and they're they're used to playing at the highest level now that they're back in the maple league you see they came in brought all those new players in because they didn't come to the top level to just be there no they wanted to win yeah, yeah. They, they're on the top level to win and that's what they're trying to do and I think this game is going to be evidence of that. Like how this game goes, whether it's a close game or a blowout, it's going to mean something to both teams. If one team loses to them, it's going to mean that that other team just took what was ours. They both feel like they deserve the you know top spot in Helsinki. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I know it's not really a a regional thing like you know Texas football or. SEC or ACC type stuff, but I mean, they're still the two teams in Helsinki. Exactly. So it is what it is. It's the Helsinki Derby, even if these players have almost no history with each other because they're so they're all from so many different places now. But they're both representing these organizations, and the organizations have a lot at stake. The guys that, like you said, the old heads from both the Wolverines and the Roosters, when they see this game, they're going to be like, hey, my team won. You know, it's a mm-hmm. Ohio State versus Michigan Wolverines type situation. If I want to mm-hmm. be so bold to go there, <laughs> uh, go Buckeyes. But uh, <laughs> but it's going to be a, a awesome uh, weekend. Um, I know we're just talking about the Wolverines and the Roosters right now, but even the, the other two games for the weekend, you got the Crocs 
and the Royals, the both one team's two and two, one team's two and three. So the winner is going to be the fourth place team at the moment. So that game has a lot of implications. They mm-hmm. also have the Saints versus the Butchers. Uh, for the Saints, a win could keep them, could put them in position to not be relegated. For the Butchers, a win could help them say, "Hey, we're actually trying to get into the playoffs." So this weekend is is gonna be important in Finland, and I'm excited to see it happen, man. Yeah, it's. I, I think uh, you know we're at that point in the season where a lot of these games are gonna matter when it comes to the placement uh, when the playoff time come around. So. You know, it's the last leg, the last stretch. So everybody got to, you know, you got to play your best football right now. And I think any of these games actually could. This is the first weekend I think any of these games could go either way. Yeah. <laughs> like this, I, I think we we've been pretty much sure of who's gonna win certain games, but this weekend is like we'll we'll see. You know, um, after the break, let's see who made adjustments and let's see who who's the better teams now. All right. Well, that's it for us on AFF. Uh, the show is a little different this week, but we just mixed it up the way we had to, and I think it's still going to work out. Uh, if you heard any, you know, random noises in my background, that's my baby girl, Ella Rose. She wanted to get on the show, so she's been back there <laughs> talking while I'm doing the show, both with you and Tuoma. She she has to say some things. She likes to get it off of mine now. She had three and a half months, so we're happy about that. But everybody, we appreciate y'all guys listening to the show Sorry we haven't been on in a while. We have technical difficulties, but we got that shit fixed. And now we're going to be here every week, and it's going down here at AFF. Make sure to follow us on, what are we on, Uh, Apple Music, Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever the apps are, Google Play, Podbean, uh, all the podcast apps on the internet, because they just grab our podcasts anyways. Um, Yeah, and... And keep following us back. Anything else, Q, before we get out of here? No, that's it, brother. That's all I had. It was a good, good day. Good show. All right. And never forget. T-I-F. We gone. We out of here. American football in Finland.